11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Alex DeJohn. Alex, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Can't complain. How's it going for you, Paul? Yeah, it's going good. I appreciate you coming on. Of course. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so um, let's just go back in time a little bit. Uh, what was your first memory of playing soccer? Jeez. Um, <laughs> I feel like everybody plays soccer when they're younger, you know? Um, I would say my first memory is probably or like when I was 10 or 11, maybe we, I'm like prolific memory was we had, we were at a tournament and we were playing in the final and we were losing, I think we were losing two zero. We wanted to come back and went in three, two. And I feel like that was the first like vivid memory I really have of, of, of football much out there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I know you grew up in New Jersey, correct? <laughs> Yes, sir. New Jersey. Born Are you and raised. South Jersey or North Jersey? <laughs> uh, we always have this debate with everybody, like all my friends. Um, I would say Central Jersey, honestly. Or Central. Yeah, yeah, I would say Central. So I went to, I'm from Connecticut. I went to school with a lot of New Jersey people, and that was always, yeah, the big debate. And, uh, and then some people debate that Central Jersey isn't a real thing. <laughs> yeah see that's always north and south south the people from the south are more like philadelphia people yeah. from the north are obviously more new york stuff like that we, we kind of reign in that middle area yeah no for sure it's definitely it's definitely a funny combo um now did you i know so i always ask um people this question too so did you get to play club soccer and high school or you just played club yeah no club in high school um i think towards I think middle of my college was when they kind of weren't letting people play club and and high school soccer, but I loved high school soccer. There was nothing better than going out there after training, playing with your friends after school, playing with your friends and uh, playing in front of, in front of your friends. Yeah, definitely. And then when did, when did you know, like you, when did you know you were like really good at soccer? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I feel like I was always a, I feel like I was a late developer in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, like, obviously, I feel like I was always good, but, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, I think when people are younger, like, their goal is to become a professional athlete, you know, like, everybody kind of wants that, everybody who's playing, whether it's soccer, baseball, basketball, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say, kind of going into college, bef- before college, like, that year, I was stuck to think that I uh, started to take more leaps. I think I kind of grew more and grew more into my body and stuff like that, so... Um, I was always athletic and fast, but, uh, you know, when you're playing with uh, bigger people and stronger people, it's always a little bit of a tough when you're small, but, uh, 
Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, probably towards the end of my high school days. And then what, what was your recruiting process like out of high school? Um, yeah, so we always, I would say it was always through club that we would get recruited. Um, we always went to like college showcases and stuff like that um, all over the, the Northeast. Um, so going into my senior year, I knew that I was committed to Old Dominion already, which was, uh, which was nice to know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an interesting process, um, just getting recruited by different schools, going on visits, going on official visits and really narrowing it down to, to what feels best for you and what's going to benefit you the most. Yeah. Did you have like a final three? Um, yeah, I think I had like, like I said, I feel like I really hit my stride towards the end of my senior year. And like at that point, I was already knew where I, where I was going and committed. Uh, but I had a couple schools that I was looking at. It was Old Dominion, Villanova, and I think those were honestly my final two. Um, I looked a little bit at JMU as well. Um, so probably those three. Yeah, that's dope. And then, um, like, what was your overall experience like at Old Dominion? Um, it was great. Um, you know, I feel like it's more of a commuter school, so it wasn't like a massive party school. But uh, coming into my freshman year, we had like 11 um, incoming freshmen. So we, so we were really young. And we had a lot of, um, you know, we were really close. I think that's the biggest part is like the camaraderie you guys have in the locker room on and off the field. And, um, you know, we were really close. We were close in the group. So obviously many of them are still my best friends today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that plays into your college experience, especially on the field. So overall, it was probably obviously one of the best experiences that I've had. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, like a lot of people always say like, um, like college is the best four years of your life. And I didn't like. I didn't believe people back then, but then now, like looking back at it, it was it was like pretty good. I don't want I don't know if I want to say for best yet, but yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty good. No, it was definitely it was definitely awesome yeah. just to be able to be with your friends every single day. You're yeah. really the first time you're out on your own, you know. And I feel yeah. like nowadays the the really good soccer players are missing out on that time, but yeah. you know, more important yeah. things to do. Yeah, I think that's uh, where too. Like um, even like your home friends, I feel like you almost kind of know your college friends a little bit, a bit better because you like actually lived with them mm-hmm, which sure. is yeah it's just i don't know it's a unique experience Definitely. um and then yeah just going into like your last year at old dominion like what was your like what were your thoughts about going pro and like how did you um like manage that and then how like what did you what was the process you went through um so obviously grow, going into my my senior year obviously uh the the goal is to get drafted, go play in MLS, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously uh, to be totally honest, I was so focused on, on football, on, on the field stuff that the off the field stuff was it what came, came second. Um, but it was, it was just to, to work hard. Obviously team success is, is, is um, you know, creates individual success. So uh, after my senior year, um, I think we lost first round in the tournament, unfortunately at home in penalties, but um after that, it was um, there's like a break, you know. You head into that winter break, and I went on, I went down to um, to um, Orlando and played with the NSL with their um, USL team while, while they were back in USL uh, for a week, and then I was over in um, New England for for a week. Had a private like trial with New England with uh, there's like another thirty college kids there, and then. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then obviously after that was, you know, people were going down to the combine and I wasn't invited to the combine. So like 
at that point, you're kind of like hoping that when you're when you're in New England, that like, you know, you did enough, you know, and you performed enough. And I thought I, I played really well when I was down in New England. And um, at that point, you head back to school and, you know, the draft is coming up. So it's a little nerve wracking at that point. Yeah. And then um, you were selected in the supplemental draft. So what did, what did that mean to you to get um, drafted? Yeah. I mean, I've, as I said, I feel like you know, um, sometimes you get overlooked and, and, you know, that's just how it goes. That's just, that's what football is about. I mean, mm-hmm. it's tough business. It's a tough, tough time to get seen sometimes. And, you know, it's also sometimes, you know, the luck of the draw. So, um, yeah, like I said, I went down in New England. I thought I played really well. And um, I remember um, I was going back to Old Dominion and I was talking to uh, the Orlando head coach at the time um, who was – Oh, what's his name? He coaches for Minnesota now. Um, English guy. I can't think of his name right now, but maybe it'll come back to me. Um, and he said, ah, I heard New England, you know, was thinking about taking you in the draft. So I was like, oh, okay. Interesting news. So, you know, you know, let's see. I remember going back up to um, Old Dominion and we were, me and some of the other guys were watching it. Uh, three, three or four other seniors roommates were watching it. And um, three out of us, three or four of us got selected in the, in the draft, but it was, um, it was big time. I mean, obviously that's the first step, you know, you're happy, you're fe- you feel excited, but you know, it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean anything because you're not really signing a contract. It's just really like go invite to go to go to preseason to try to earn a contract, you know? So you just know it's the first step along a, a long journey. Yeah. No. And then, so you ended up signing, um, in Finland, correct? Yeah. So I was with new England for, for probably a month in preseason and, um, um, Jay Heaps, who was the coach at the time, just, you know, just said, you know, we really like you, but, you know, at the moment we're really stacked in the back and really don't really need anybody. So, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And obviously that's heartbreaking at the time yeah. because that's your, that's your goal and that's what you want to do. But um, at the same time, it just opened up new opportunities and new doors. If you look at it from a different perspective. So um, my agent was just like, you know, what do you want to do? You want to go overseas? You want to go to, you can play USL. And I was I thought to myself that the best thing for me would be to try my luck overseas. I've always wanted to, um, I always wanted to go to Europe and try to play. So, you know, um, I landed in Finland, which was a, a great experience. And it was like a second division team just to start out. So it was a, it was a cool experience just to get my feet wet in Europe. Yeah. And then, um, just what was that experience like to just play overseas? And, um, I mean, that was your first as a pro. And then I'll ask you later, like how it is different from the American game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an adjustment <laughs> uh, yeah. coming from coming from the U.S. You know, um, it's just it's just so there's so many different cultures, uh, uh, things culturally that you know it's tough to experience. And I remember when my agent first told me that, my first thought was, "Where is it? where even is Finland?" You know, like yeah. I would think I'm a pretty smart guy, and I like you know, but um, so yeah, I didn't even know where it was, and I saw I looked on the map, I'm like, oh gonna be cold so um <laughs> you go over there i remember uh, showing up it was like i might be kidding like three feet of snow i'm just like oh my god i don't know i don't know if i could do this but um i stuck it out my, my agent's like you know stick it out see how it is and it, it was one of the it was probably one of the one of the most fun years that i've had just because it was my first pro experience first time really really being out on my own and just in a different culture by myself so um you know you grew a lot i grew a lot individually um um, and matured a lot. And I think that was, a uh, the start of, you know, my rest of my journey. Yeah. So I think you were overseas for about six years. Um, and then you, you got a chance, um, at the MLS. So how did, how did all that come about? 
so yeah, after my first year in Finland, um, I went, I went up to first league, the first league in Finland. Um, and then after that jumped over to Norway, played in the top league in Norway for two years. And then went, jumped over to fin- uh, Sweden and played in Sweden for two years. And, um, it was, it was a good bounce around. I mean, I was obviously in Scandinavia the whole time, but it, they're all very different leagues, obviously all really competitive. Um, and you know, it just, I think for me, it was more of just like, you know, for me, maturing both technically and and as a person, like te- on the field, technically off the field as a person, because you go over there and these guys are, you know, this is what they do all the time. You know, they're all of them are super technical. Even like you go to the second division in Finland, my first year uh, coming out of the coming out of college, they were more technical. And then you go to Norway and they were more technical in Norway than Finland. And then you go to Sweden, which is, you know, a really good league as well. And, and they're more technical than they were in, in, um, in Norway. So it's just kind of adapting the whole way. And it just made me better as a player and a person. And then um, I just remember talking to my wife at the time, I was like, you know, we were debating if I wanted to try in the States and, and go back to go to MLS or if I was, um, if I wanted to keep playing in Europe, because, you know, we kind of love Europe. We love the lifestyle. We love the, um, just the living in other people's culture. And mm-hmm. I remember my agent called me and said that um, Orlando was interested in, in you. So that's how that came about. Yeah, then what, what was that feeling just playing your first uh, major league soccer game? I know that, like you mentioned before, that was like your dream. Yeah, so like that, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you always tell your friends and family, like you're a professional athlete and you're playing soccer and like they they, they know it, but they never really seen you, you know, because I'm yeah. playing in Europe and it's just so different. But now to come back in the States and, you know, play in front of my friends and family uh, was, was really uh, was really special. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all about exposure too, just like you said, because like I have friends that play like basketball overseas, but you know people if you don't look it up, like people don't have no idea like what's going on. Yeah, um, exactly. But if they're in the if they're like affiliated with you know like the G League, which would essentially be like the USL, like people yeah. would know, you know, because it's like in the oh, states. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, so, it's in the states. It's the yeah. same time zone. Everybody's yeah, yeah. really, you know, that's how it works. Like I'm playing yeah. at like twelve o'clock over oh, like <laughs> in this time. It's just different, you know. Schedules are different, but. Yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one on one? Now you can with B Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. And then the past couple of years, you're um, you're with uh, Atlanta United now. So what is what has it been like playing for them? Yeah, so I played two years in Orlando, and then this will be my second year in in Atlanta, and it's been great, man. Um, obviously, Atlanta is one of the biggest clubs in MLS, um, and it's super professional. You know, they do stuff, do things around the around the club that's super professional. The environment, the facilities, you know, everything about it, and. Um, I think the, the the best part about it is that it's a winning team. You know, it's a winning franchise, and either, you know their goal is to win everything: win MLS Cup, win Supporter Shield, win the Open Cup. So, like, that's the kind of environment that I want to be in. You know, being competitive. I'm sure a lot, every soccer player is competitive. You know, you want to be on a winning team. You want to be in a winning culture, and you know that's how I feel. What Atlanta United is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, are you re- are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Five Quincy questions. Shoot them at me. <laughs> what's the what's the most important uh, skill or quality that you feel has made you successful as a pro player? Um, I would just say my worth, my work ethic. 
um, training. I, I would think when I was more in college, I kind of not, I wouldn't say pied off training, but didn't really take it as seriously until, you know, I started playing as a pro and I decided that like, you need to train as train, like every day is a game, you know? And I've always heard coaches say that. And I was always just like, all right, yeah, you know, when game day comes, I'll show up on game day, obviously. But like, you need to prepare yourself. You Training is where you get better every single day. You try new things. You feel more comfortable. So I think the biggest thing was definitely my work ethic and training as a pro. What do you think is the biggest mistake pro players are making? Hmm. I would... I, you know, I would say probably taking it for granted. It's a quick, quick career and 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 things happen quickly and you never know what's going to happen. So probably enjoy every day of it, but work hard every single day as well, because once it's over, you know, it's 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 over. So um, definitely don't take it for granted. Yeah, I like that. And what advice would you give to a young player trying to either get a scholarship or trying to make a pro league? Um. Like I said, I would say I would just say don't give up and, and never lose faith because obviously, like I said before, it's sometimes it's about luck. Obviously, it's about being skillful and being a good player as well. But just don't give up because that is essentially like and I would say, how can I phrase this? Um, I would say to be mentally strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like let's be mental strength is is big because you know you face adversity probably every day you got to go out there and perform every day um you're being evaluated every single day so sometimes you know you get down on yourself or things aren't going your way where you're not playing well at the moment so just just keep at it be mentally strong you know the goal you know make your goals do them in practice and, and continue every single day to get better and better yeah well quincy's gonna love that answer because i don't know if you know he uh preaches about the the mental strength league uh, no, I don't. But I, my my college coach always, always would harp on like would say, "Don't be a mental midget," you know. But, and I always just laugh it off. But I, it's it's so true, you know. You face adversity in this league. You face adversity in every day. Anything you do in life, you're gonna yeah. face adversity, and things aren't gonna go your way. So to just be able to to get through it mentally um, is 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 probably majority of the battle. Yeah, and like you said before, um, just keep on going because uh, obviously you played overseas for a while and you made it to the to the major major league soccer now, and you like that's what you, you you pretty much exactly said what you did, so that's dope. Yeah, and also I just want to put another note part on that. Sorry, was that like not everybody's path is the same? You yeah. know, there's you're not going to go from college to get drafted to signing a contract to that. Everybody has a different path. So to, to be able to create your own path and not look at somebody else's path and be like, damn, I wish I could do it like that. No, do it your own way and get after it yourself and, and you'll create your own path and, and goals and, you know, you'll accomplish a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and these next two could be either soccer related or, or life related. Okay. Um, what, is, what is the most, what is something most people think is true that you believe isn't? Most people think is true that I believe isn't. Oh no. Um, hmm. I don't know. Let's go to the next one. I have to come back on that one. All right, for sure. Yeah, it could be. Oh, I'll tell you like an example. Like it could be anything. Like it could be like somebody says like pizza is the best food, and you'd be like, nah, pizza is like overrated or something. Oh, uh, okay. Like, like it could be anything. That's why I was. Saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. yeah, we'll go to the next one. Uh, what What is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared if things didn't go well? Um. Honestly, probably some kind of some kind of like 
business. You know, I feel like me and me and the guys in the team talk every single day about something, either if it's NFT related or if it's, you know, business related, just thinking about different ways to make to make money. Um, I would just say just something like that, like literally taking a, a, an idea and putting it into a, on a on a piece of paper and putting it into a plan or something, because you know you I feel like I always we I, throughout my years with my tenth year of being a pro like I can't even imagine how many times I've thought of different ideas and just never followed through on them you know mm-hmm. and I feel like that's it that's what everybody is like really just putting pen to paper and just doing it so I would just say doing something like that yeah no I definitely feel you on that I write down stuff like in my notes all the time and then I forget that it's even there and then I go back and I'm just like damn I never did that yeah do that and then you probably see yeah. someone else did it and maybe yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, let, me, yeah exactly. like, let me just follow through one time yeah um uh, yeah now I mean you know, I know you just mentioned nfts I know that's kind of how we connected I believe I think I saw you on a space so I started following you so yeah. uh, t- tell me a little bit about how you got into nfts and what it's uh, been like so far yeah so um I mean I've been I wouldn't say I've been in the crypto game for a long time. I've been a follower of it probably since 2017 Mm -hmm. um, before probably everything started taking off. Um, I really was like looking at it. um, It was like reading about it. And obviously that evolves into NFTs. Um, And obviously with all Gary V, like I've heard him talk about it and like, it was one of those things I'm like, ah, okay, what is this? Like, I didn't, you know, half the thing is nobody really knew what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at the time until I really did some research about it and, and read some stuff about it. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then obviously you learn as you go. Like the, I feel like the be- the hardest part is the beginning because you don't understand anything. And it's, it feels like it's such a foreign thing because it's so com- not complicated to start, but if you don't know what, what, it, what you're doing, it's, it's a little nerve wracking and intimidating, you know? Mm-hmm. um and then one day i was like um one of my boys his best friend is do- did a project and i was like all right let me just ju- let me let me buy one let me jump into this and then that kind of was like the start of like all right i'm in it now so you know let, let's 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 start researching and doing other things about it yeah i mean that's that's the the thing too like i remember when i first got my wallet and stuff and i was like trying to sense and i was like and i knew everyone kept on saying like yo you, yo you can't mess up the code like you can't yeah. mess up the, or the the address and i was like oh my god i was like i was like all right let me send like only like ten dollars just to see like if it works to make sure yeah like and stuff like no, that and now for sure yeah it's like it's, it was just like funny and now i mean it's it's crazy how big it's gone and how big it's yeah. getting and same thing i feel exactly the same like i've been like sort of into crypto since 2017 but like mm-hmm. i feel like 2000 I feel like 2018 and 19, I just wasn't, I was like more just like reading about it and just like not doing anything. And then like 2020, I was like more active in it, which, which I wish I did started back in back then. But, yeah. hundred percent. No, same with me. I mean, yeah. I bought some stuff back in 2017 just because, and I was like, Hey, let's, let's try it. But um, yeah, I just think that even with everything these days of being so like people talk about the metaverse and everything being kind of like that, like, you know, I don't obviously I don't know where it's going, but like I do think like that crypto industry is pretty interesting and and uh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just interesting to me and I and I kind of like it and even like I, I'm into like a little bit of crypto gaming as well, mm-hmm. uh, looking at like those tokens and stuff. It's just such there's such a big spectrum for it that it feels like it's so intimidating and you know is yeah. mass adoption going to happen? You know, how are they going to make it so maybe it's easier for people to you know, access it. I don't know, you know, but yeah. for me, I just think it's cool to be part of it in the it, it early on. 
yeah, I feel like more once more and more people get into it, I feel like we're we're gonna have like a little advantage. Oh, hundred percent. It's gonna be like, and that's what I'm kind of like waiting for a little bit, and just mm-hmm. kind of seeing. And what I, I want to know your take, like, what do you think? Where do you see like NFTs and or crypto, like in sports? Like, how do you think that's gonna evolve? I know there's like a lot of different sponsorships with uh, um, crypto companies now. Yeah, I mean, you can see that that uh, you know you see big players entering the NFT space and the crypto space. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Um, I think I just think NFTs ha- like. I've heard Gary Vee saying a bunch of times, but I, you know, and I do agree that it just provides an interesting, unique way to interact with your customers mm-hmm. or your consumers and that small business. It, it provides liquidity, easy liquidity early for smart, for small businesses. Um, and it like, it really allows you to engage with your customers. And I feel like that's the biggest part is like customer engagement and how you make your customers feel and what's going to make them want to buy your product and what's going to, you know, and how they're going to do that. And to be able to, to obviously launch an NFT that will give them maybe some benefits. You can also incorporate some kind of like, you know, this guy has been obviously a loyal customer for this time. So let's give him a little bit of perk. You can kind of, you know, I mean, I'm not an expert, but you can like code it into his NFT or that he gets that special thing or, you know, stuff like that. So I think that it's, it, it, it will be, I think for small businesses is going to be pretty, be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just waiting for more, uh, like, I guess, sports teams to adopt. I feel like they're probably going to do so. I, th- I know some teams I've seen it give out, like, NFTs for, um, <clears throat> for uh, like, ticket, like certain games or, mm-hmm. or maybe, like, season ticket holders. So, but I think that's going to be dope in the future once, like, everyone figure like, once all the corporate people, I feel like, figure it out, it's going to be really dope. No, I agree. And like I said, that's how they can add revenue. You know, yeah. that's how that's how you can interact with your consumer. These are these these big big organizations teams can can really interact with their consumers by dropping nfts and you know the people who have the nfts maybe get free tickets for a couple games a year or like you know it's, and obviously they last a lifetime that's the biggest thing is like these nfts it's not like a renewable membership that you need you buy it once and you have it forever you know and mm-hmm. you can sell it if you're over it so like i think that digital asset and, and the way you can be able to share it amongst people is is, is pretty cool yeah, no, for sure. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on. And um, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you at? Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a pleasure, um, uh, Paul. So I'm um, I'm always happy to be here and and, and talk about my story. Hopefully, it uh, inspires somebody else. But um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Alex Dijon, or Twitter, uh, Alex Dijon Five. And I just you know talk about NFTs and um, and and you know things going on in the league in the world. So you know. You follow me, follow me there. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash radio. That's PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.